Welcome to the Socialette Podcast, where we empower you with the marketing know-how you need to create the business of your dreams. I'm your host, Steph Taylor, and I'm a marketing nerd, Shiraz lover, and passport stamp collector. Join me as I dive into all things small business marketing and deliver them to you in bite-sized, fluff-free lessons every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Let's get learning. Welcome to Socialette. This is episode 202. I don't often do that many interview episodes, but today's episode is another interview one because last month I kind of went a little bit crazy on the interviews and I was having so much fun interviewing all of these new people. So yes, bear with me. There are more interviews. We will resume the normal bite-sized episodes again very soon, but I'm so incredibly excited to bring you today's guest. She's somebody I've been following for quite a while. I've been listening to her podcast for a long time. And I finally bit the bullet and joined her membership site a couple of months ago. And let me just say, it has changed my business. So today's guest is Haley Burkhead. She's an absolute dynamo. At 24 years old, she quit her job and built a business from zero to $36,000 months in just six months. But the problem was she was a workaholic, and this is something that we'll talk about a little bit in today's show. We'll talk about what made her reevaluate how she ran her business. These days, she runs an epic membership site called the Scalability Lounge, which is the one I'm a member of, and I can honestly say it has made a huge difference to the way I run my own business. In today's episode, we're chatting about transitioning into the CEO role of your business, even if you don't feel like you're anywhere near ready to do so. We also chat about creating consistent income in your business because I know that's something that so many of you struggle with. And lastly, Haley shares her magical SOA method for getting things done. Trust me, it is a game changer. Okay, on to today's episode. Hi, Haley. Welcome to Social Ed. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you here. So Haley, for our listeners who aren't familiar with Haley Burkhead or the Scalability Lounge or any of the things that you do, who are you and what do you do? Yeah, so I am Haley and I help overworked entrepreneurs that are stuck on this exhausting hamster wheel that they call their business and we turn that hamster wheel into something that is simple, automated and cranking out consistent income month after month after month. That sounds amazing. So what does that actually mean? (laughs) Yeah. What it means is you don't have to create consistent content. You don't have to have an opt-in to sell. You don't have to have an email list for a service. All the things that we've been told, right? And we're boiling it down into something that is very, very simple and automated. It's It's a completely unique, different approach to running a business. I love that. It kind of it goes against pretty much everything I've taught my listeners. So I'm 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 a bit intrigued and we're going to dive a bit more into this nice. shortly. But first, I would love to know Haley, what has your business journey looked like so far? Yeah, so I started off as a fashion blogger at the age of 17 and man oh man, did I wow. think I was hot stuff? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> "Oh yeah, I am thrifting at Goodwill for J Crew clothes and selling them online and making a profit." I thought it was so cool, and um, I was actually in college at the time. I was like, "I thought I was going to have a doctor in physical therapy," and then my boyfriend, now husband, said, mm, 
You don't love it, though. You go to your classes and, like, you're not excited. You need to really think about what you want to do. And mm. it's like I realized that I loved designing my blog. I did a different blog design, like, I mean, at least every <laughs> every week. So uh, what, what ended up happening was I created a freelance web design company. And that company blew up into an agency, and we had so many amazing clients. And we went to six figures, and it was it was amazing. But I got so burnt out that my body actually shut down, and I was basically bedridden for two to three months. And I was like, "I this cannot happen mm. again." Yeah. So I created my membership site, which I taught uh, everyone how I actually scaled my agency to that. Fast because I didn't use an email list. I didn't use an opt-in. I didn't use all that stuff. It was a very simple automated approach, but we like blew up. So um, I ended up shutting down my entire agency because I it, it was wow. clients really drained me. They did. And even yeah. though I had four employees, contra- contractors, not like full-time and salary employees, but four contractors at the time, it was still exhausting. And um, then when we started this membership site, we didn't have an email list. We didn't have anything. And we started from the ground up because, you know, if you have a service, you don't have a big audience. And we went from zero. Actually, I had $12 in my business bank account after I burned everything (laughs) down and waited for a few months. And then we went from $12 to $36,000 a month in six months. Wow, that's a very impressive story and good like good on you for pivoting out of the client work because I've been there as well and it is like it's very stressful and I it feel like be, it takes yeah. yeah, you have to I, I I don't know what kind of person it takes to actually scale it into an agency and not burn out in the process because yeah, yeah I definitely couldn't do it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it was exhausting. But, you know, I was also working a full-time job at the time. So I was running my agency off of two hours a day, (gasps) plus managing four contractors. Yeah, yeah. How? Oh, my goodness. How are you doing that? I used the scalability factor, which I teach now, to run my business off of two hours a day. But what was making me overworked was that I loved my job so much, I was putting at least over 50 hours into it. And... Let, let me mention also, let me like add to the plot. I was driving an hour and a half to work and back. Like that's three hours a day, five days a week I was in the car. What? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have like 35 hours in your day or something? <laughs> I have no idea how I survived that period of time. I look back and I'm like, oh, wow. I can't believe I'm still alive right now. <laughs> So Haley, in your blogs and your podcasts and on social media, you talk a lot about how you stepped into the CEO role of your mm-hmm. business. So what was that pivotal moment where you decided, where you realized you needed to change? Or was that something that you decided before you started your new business? Yeah. So are you talking about from agency to course? Basically. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I was at my job and I had this agency and I, I was making enough money to quit because obviously my agency had six figures, but I just couldn't do it. I was so afraid of the loneliness and depression and isolation of living at home. And that's why I clung on to yeah. this job so hard. Um, and it was like, I felt like if I quit my job, I was sentenced to a life of depression because I mean, you know, the entre- work at stay at home entrepreneur, it's it's not always a fun life. And I knew that. I knew that going mm-hmm. in because that's why I quit my entrepreneur to become a full-time um, job person anyways. Well, <laughs> I ended up I ended up 
getting told by a friend, he was like, Haley, how many people are you impacting right now with your business? And I was like, oh, maybe about 100 or 200 people. And he's like, how many people are you not impacting by running the business the way you're running it right now? I know. I was like, oh, snap. Oh, snap. (laughs) Um, So I quit my job the next day. (laughs) Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's amazing. So I can obviously tell that you're you must be quite extroverted if you're worried about like working from home and being oh, lonely. Extremely, <laughs> extremely extroverted. If I am not surrounded by people, I crumble. That's so funny. I'm the opposite. Like mm-hmm. if or when when I quit my full time job and went full time into my business, I was like, oh, I can work from home by myself all day. And it took me about six months before I was like, okay, maybe I need to see some people now. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Yeah, I am the exact opposite. So Haley, what does being the CEO of your business mean to you? So what does it actually mean to step into that CEO role? What it means to step out of the CEO role is to stop listening to everyone and listen to yourself. I feel like so many mm. entrepreneurs do this is, you know, they listen to a podcast. Even my pod, we're starting a new podcast to actually combat Ooh. this. But yeah, so, but our old podcast called CEO Vibes Podcast, what I realized was this, it was a shiny object syndrome. It was like breeding things to do. And so you listen to a podcast and they say, do affiliate marketing on top of your service, or you need to go on Facebook Live every day for 30 days because that's the product they're selling, right? It's like all these things. And instead of listening to yourself and listening to your audience, you listen to these other experts that are telling you what to do that put you in a one-size-fits-all box. And the more you do that and you rely on other people thinking for you, instead of you thinking for yourself, you will never be a successful business owner because you're crippled. You have a crutch, which is someone else's advice. Yeah, that makes sense. But then I guess it's quite tricky because when you're just starting out, like you don't know, you've never done this before. You don't know, you, you don't have like, you don't have a roadmap or anything to follow. So what would you suggest then for somebody who's just starting out? Like how can they decide whose advice to take and whose advice to ignore? Yeah. So anyone that puts you in a one size fits all box and says, this is the absolute solution when it comes to marketing Mm. specifically, I'm not saying that what they have to say is not valuable at all. Email list, opt-ins, all those things, obviously they're valuable, but they might not be the best based on your strengths. They might not be the best based on your audience. It's like there's a lot of variables. So what this is, this is why I love my, and I know you're in my membership site, is what we yeah, do is I amazing. say, you, yeah, thank you. <laughs> you need these four things, four, four categories of post-it notes. And you see how each post-it note leads into each other. So how do you generate leads? How do you generate sales? How do you generate your income source? And put those in a spreadsheet. It's obviously more complicated than that, but like that's like the way boiled down version. And it's not putting you in a box. You're saying, this is my box. Now, how can I fill this with strategies that work? And instead of listening to all these other people, why don't you listen to your audience? When I started my membership site, I only listened to my audience. That's it. I didn't listen to anyone else because they're the people that are going to pivot you the way you need to be pivoted. Yeah, I love that. And then like the favorite, my favorite thing from Scalability Lounge was mm. your SOA method, which Ooh, came yes. after the whole post-it note thing. That was yeah. the post-it notes were fun. <laughs> yeah, they were fun, yeah. fun. But 
Yeah. So do you mind if we dive a little into the SOA method? Oh, let's do it. Yes. Let's do it. If, okay. So if you're wondering, first... yeah, go ahead. Yeah, what Sorry. is it? <laughs> yeah. I was like, everyone that hears the SOA method is always like, what does SOA stand for? And uh, SOA stands for Systemize, Outsource, and Automate. The first thing we do with the post-its is <clears throat> we prioritize your profit. So we figure out who you actually need to be listening to yeah, and if their advice is actually valuable or not. That's super important and like how that fits mm. into your business. So that's where the post-it notes come in. That way you have that filter. But then when it comes to all these things that you have to be doing – you're going to boil them down and we're going to say, how can we automate every single thing in your business that's making you money right now? I love that. It's so cool. <laughs> so what was like the biggest takeaway for you when you were going through it? How Just how many things I was doing that could be done either by somebody else or automated. Mm-hmm. And like I, I always consider myself like a bit of an automation gun. Like I have a lot of stuff automated already, but yeah. for me, I was just like, oh, wow, like there's so much stuff here that... I'm actually doing that I shouldn't be doing. Yeah, I get that a lot. We're like, wow, I could automate pretty much all of this. And I also want to give like a little asterisk side note here. We're not automating human interaction because I know most of you, it's not like you don't want to work, right? You don't want to sit your cute booty on the beach for a year. You might want to sit your cute booty on a beach for a week, but not an entire year. And you're tired (laughs) of being, (laughs) right? And like, you're so tired of being sold this dream of passive income and I can do whatever I want, whenever I want. It's like, You want to have a purpose behind your work. And what this does is we're not automating the human interaction. We're automating the things that you don't actually have to do. We're automating a lot of the sales process, the lead generation process, so that you can spend your time serving and loving instead of constantly having to sell all the time. Yeah, I love that. So when you talk a little bit about consistent income, I know a lot of my listeners to them, consistent income means that they've got like a recurring revenue system in place, like a membership or retainer clients or a subscription. Mm. Is this the only way to create consistent income? No. (laughs) No. (laughs) No, you can create consistent income with absolutely anything. It's just a matter of like, let's say, let's say you're a web designer. Okay. Let's, I'll do specific examples. Let's say you're a web designer and you want to make $10,000 a month and each web design package is $5,000. I mean, sorry, $2,000, or I guess it could be $5,000, whatever it is, then you know you have to book five, two to five clients a month, right? So what yeah. you need is a lead generation system to pump out two to five clients a month. If you know that you have a 50% conversion rate from lead to booked, then you need to get 10 client leads a month to book five clients to make $10,000. So it, at the end of the day, creating consistent income is math. And a little bit of strategy and simplification and automation so you're not spreading yourself too thin. So it's just so simple when you put it like that. Like it just blows my mind. (laughs) And it's crazy that so many people overcomplicate their business, right? And I think that, and you know, I don't want to attack marketing experts at all, but that's where a lot of this marketing advice comes in is, you know, Mm -hmm. let's say there's a Facebook Live expert and there's an email list expert and there's a... Instagram expert, right? All these people coming at you saying, this is the way, this is the way. And so you do all of the ways because you think that's the way because you're being told by them and you're seeing all these amazing results. But what happens is this, is you're on the left side of the river, right? 
you want to get to the right side of the river. The right side of the river, it's the land of consistent income. It is the land where you don't feel like ripping your hair out every night. It's amazing. You want to be there. So you start building a bridge to go from the left side to the right side. And that left to right, let's say that bridge is the Instagram bridge. Because you saw a training that said Instagram is it. So you start creating the Instagram bridge. So you start posting on Instagram consistently. You start trying to take these pictures that aren't even turning out good. And then you're kind of judging yourself because you see a double chin. But it's like, whatever. Okay. So then, <laughs> I, I like literally this is my life. is double chin mode. So, <laughs> so then you see the email list bridge. You're like, ooh, up. Why do I not have an email list yet? Come on. So then you start creating the second bridge, which is the email list bridge. Then you add the third bridge, which is the Pinterest bridge. That you get you get the point. Then the free Facebook group bridge. Right? There's all these bridges that these marketing experts are telling us to create without any regards of what's actually going to work for you right now at this point of your business. That's the problem that I saw. So what happens is you never get to the right side of the river. Because you're building so many bridges, you're spending all your time building multiple bridges instead of spending all of your time automating and streamlining one bridge to the right side of the river that gets you to consistent income way, way faster. I love that. It's a bit like um, James Wedmore's one with Desire Island and I can't remember the the island that. that you're on now. Oh, it's, yeah. So he talked, his is more about like different projects. So it'll be like, Mm. uh, you start building a course and then you decide, oh, I'm going to start doing coaching, but you never actually like complete any of them when in reality you should be building that course and then figuring out how you can get it to run itself. And then you focus on like the next thing and then you get that to run itself. Yeah. So it's kind of a similar Like, doesn't that put you in a box a little bit? Because should everyone have a course? If you... If you, like, have a desire to build a course, then yes. I mean, I have a program on creating, like, a court around course creation evergreen funnels, but that doesn't mean that every single person should have a course, right? Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. So he just, like, I just use that as an example. Yeah. It can be, like, anything in your business. But I think that's what's funny is we hear these things and, like, then creating course becomes a bridge and we don't finish it because we feel like we have Mm. to, you know? Yeah. It's it's interesting, and I see this cycle over and over. Yeah, me too, actually, me too. So, okay, so I'm just going to jump back to the SOA method because we didn't quite, like, get into some of the things I wanted to look at there. Okay, so outsource, that's the the O. When should you start outsourcing? Like, is it something you should do from the start? Like, what if there's not enough cash in the bank account to start outsourcing? If there's not enough cash in the bank account, then you probably need to... So there, there's two types of projects. This is the easiest way to explain it. It's like operations and sales, okay? So what happens yeah. is when you're building a course like or you're starting a social media channel or you're creating content, all these things, that's in the operations because you're it's a day-to-day activity. The sales portion is where you're actually actively selling and generating leads and generating sales. So what happens is we kind of overboard our operations department and we want to outsource there when in reality all we need to do is simplify our operations department and put more energy into our cells so we have that cash flow that we can then use to automate and outsource different things i love it so where do you start simplifying your operations (laughs) yeah so that the easiest way, and I know Steph, like you've already done this, and we say get out post-it notes and literally make yes. every single thing a post-it note. And 
we call this what do we call the chopping block the chopping block where i'm like listen you got to wear your black dress to the chopping block because it is a funeral (laughs) it is um but you have to do it you have to say okay i'm gonna cut all the stuff in half and Mm -hmm. i always say if you have more than two social media channels or content sources you gotta cut like yeah gotta um you should only have one or less content sources so like Steph has a podcast so like that's it for Steph right unless she's hit a certain point and it's all there's like all the factors but anyways that's what I recommend otherwise we're spreading ourselves too thin and then what if you need that what if you want to outsource all this stuff now you have so much stuff that's not generating income but you're outsourcing it and it becomes more like a checkbox instead of something that's actually producing profit so when you talk about like one content source does that include then repurposing that content? Like, so for example, with my podcast, I then repurpose it into a blog post. I repurpose it into like social media posts. Right. I think stuff, you're in a different place in business. So for you, <laughs> I think what you're doing is like literally so perfect. But for someone that's just starting out, I would probably give them different advice. This, yeah. And the reason why is because they are a solopreneur and that might not be the best use of their time if they have a small audience because then what are you doing? You're spending over five hours a week or more, usually 10 hours a week, repurposing content for two people to see. So it does, it's not a good ROI for, for the, uh, people that are just starting. So if you don't yeah. have a bigger audience, it would actually be better if you did more referral networks and net, uh, relationship building that would actually build on top of each other that led to direct sales based on relationships because then you can go m- into more of a depth than a width. So you can build things faster. Then as your audience grows, then we can talk about doing content and repurposing, but it's not the best use of time if you don't have a big audience. I know that's like a weird opinion. <laughs> but yeah, it is a little bit, but I like it. Yeah. Unpopular opinion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, okay. So you just touched on referral networks there and I haven't completed your referral training inside your membership yet, mm-hmm. but I just want to dive into that for a second. Let's do it. So when, when you talk about referral networks, do you mean referrals from past clients or do you mean from other service providers? Both. Both. Yep. Okay. Yep, both. And how does this play out? Yeah. So what this is, this is the thing. I don't want to put anyone in a box, just like I was saying, but, um, I know a lot of people hate when I say, okay, here's like a blanket strategy of don't be put in a box, but then like, okay, but I need a strategy. So this is one of the strategies I recommend for people that would much rather build a referral network than go live on Instagram every day or start building an audience from scratch and then scale to an audience. Um, It depends what product you have. Like if you're a course or membership site owner, it might be better to use content and it might be better to use, like I know Steph's been talking more about course and membership site creation. Like if that's you, then yeah, the content social media route is probably the better one to go in my opinion. But if you have a service right now, then what I would recommend is doing a referral network so you can scale your service a lot quicker. So back to your question, Steph, on the, the different types 
So one, your past clients, that's a no-brainer for sure. In your offboarding of each client, you should have a referral program where you actually mention this. And I always say, give an action item. Don't just say, do you want to be a part of a referral program? We pay $300 in cash every time you have a client booked with us. So like if you're a web designer and it's a $2,000 project, you pay $300 for every person that comes your way. Awesome. So there's that. And I always say, instead of just saying, do you want to be a referral partner? Say, do you want to be a referral partner? And if they say yes, then follow up and say, okay, are there five names that you can think of right now? Or give them an action. Because what happens with most people, yeah, what happens with most people is they say, great, they just wanted it. They just said the yes to being a referral partner. And then they sit and do nothing, right? It's like, you got to give them an action. (laughs) Got to give them an action. So then that goes to the service providers, like other service providers or other people. What I would say is like the best thing for that is find someone that is talking to your target audience but isn't competing with you. So let's have an example. Let's say I'm a web designer for photographers and there's this other person on Instagram that's a business coach for photographers. I'm going to go into that business coach's group coaching program or membership site or something and be a guest expert on creating a web design that converts, a website that converts for photographers. Like how specific is that? And that's specifically to her people. I love that. Right? So then now you're a guest expert and you can offer a discount code for anyone that comes through from that membership site. Now that's an evergreen training and that membership site owner gets a cut of every person booked through that application that you created just for her. If you do two of those a month, I mean, my goodness, just imagine, right? So it can be so easy. And I think that's the thing of what language are you using? Are you saying getting clients is so hard? Because it really doesn't have to be. If you said getting clients is fun and getting clients is easy, you're going to open up your mind to so many cool new opportunities that you might have never even thought of. I love that. And it's so funny that you say that because just thinking about it, like, the clients I've worked with in the past who have service-based businesses and like my friends who run service-based businesses, they've always found the most success from either referrals or word of mouth. So like, I guess there, there must be some truth in the whole, you know, like word of mouth's more powerful than anything yeah. or like what, what other people say about you is more powerful, powerful than what you say. Something along yeah. those lines. I can't remember the exact quote. <laughs> and it goes back to, do you want to build a business that has depth or width? Because there's a lot of people that build a business that has an empty width where they have a lot of followers maybe or they have all this stuff that no one buys because everyone's like, I don't know, it, it depends on the different reasons. But if you just try to get a following online and you get more followers, that's running your business based off of a checkbox. And some of it's like an ego checkbox. Like, let's be honest, I've been there before. So if we would build our business based on depth and profit, that's going to be the way to go. I love it. Okay, so I'm going to step back to the SOA method. I know we're kind of like zigzagging all (laughs) over the place today. (laughs) My coffee still hasn't kicked in, so that's obviously why. But okay, so the the S in SOA is systematize, systemize. I'm not sure which the word is. Uh Um, Okay, so what are examples of some tasks that business owners can systemize, systematize? (laughs) Yeah, so um, let's say, well, let's, let's, 
go with the offboarding. So let's say I, I keep saying web designer, but like if you're a web, well, we'll just stick with this example. If you're a web designer yeah. and you have your offboarding, that could be entirely streamlined. So you could have it to well, streamlined plus automated, or you could add some automation into it. So as soon as you mark the project complete, an email could send them saying, "Hey, fill out the survey. We would love to hear your thoughts. If you fill out the survey, we give a ten dollars Starbucks gift card." Awesome. Then three days later, another email could be automatically sent with them about being a referral partner. And then it could also, you could have an Asana task or a ClickUp task that gets added to your calendar to follow up with them and say, hey, wanted to make sure first you fill out the survey and two, actually Instagram DM them and say, I would love for you to refer any of your friends my way and I would love to pay you $300 per uh, referral that books with me. And if you have anyone on your mind right now, I would be happy to reach out to them or something along those lines, right? So then yeah. that's the that is you streamlining and automating. Now, what I get whenever I say this to people is they say, Haley, but is that really streamlined? Like, I'm still doing something. And that's where I say, yes, but what you're <laughs> doing is actually producing profit. Whereas before, you're writing weekly blogs to like who? Who's actually reading your weekly blogs and is anyone converting <laughs> from them and you're spending 10 hours a week on them? I would much rather you spend 15 minutes on this than 10 hours writing blog posts that aren't converting for you. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. So Haley, would you mind sharing some of the tools and systems that you have in your own business? Is that okay? Yeah. Oh, of course. I'm an open book. Yeah. So with, with our, we have a membership site. So with, when I ran an agency, I used Dubsado. For if you are a service-based business and you are not using Dubsado, let me tell you, you're missing out. Um, I love Dubsado. Yeah, uh, it's so good. it's an obsession. Um, I love the founders <laughs> of the company. I'm really big on the company values and company culture. Um, I actually like dish click funnels on my Instagram stories last weekend because I I'm so big on making sure that my audience is actually working with the right software companies because there are some doozies out there. But Dubsado is definitely one that is amazing family-oriented company. So you can get a 50% off discount code Profit Planner if you want to use Dubsado. And then I also, for my membership site, so it says if you guys have a digital product, I did do a custom WordPress website, but let me tell you, that was a nightmare. We lost tens of thousands of dollars. Yeah, in just tech disasters. So... I always recommend people steer clear of custom WordPress websites for course and membership site creation. It is not worth the time. Yes, I know you want everything to be super custom pretty. I wanted everything to be super custom and pretty. It's not (laughs) worth it. (laughs) And it's not necessary to give your customers value. So we use Kajabi right now. And, you know, yeah, I love Kajabi. It's great. Yeah, we have like a third. I'm telling you, Kajabi is my thing. And I do you have an affiliate with Kajabi? Because I have a 10% yes, off coupon. Yes, I do. Okay, yeah. So then use Steph's I think link. I, then. I have a 28, 28 day free trial, and I think, yeah, 10% off. Okay, steftaylor.co cool. forward slash Kajabi. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, so use Steph's link then for Kajabi. I definitely recommend Kajabi. And then we um, use Help Scout for all of our customer service because our customer support inbox can be, that's actually not like too crazy, but it's where Gmail cannot handle it. So we use Help Scout. Yeah. And especially with a membership site when you get so many people who are like, oh, can I cancel? Can I update my card details? Like it's a lot of admin. Yep. It is. Yeah. Thankfully we have a full-time salary person on that now and she is on it. Oh, that's so good. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. But 
I'm jealous. I need one of them. (laughs) Um, It's amazing. (laughs) You definitely should go salary. We have forced full-time salary people now, which is really exciting. Was Um, that a scary step to take? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. For sure. It was like such a mindset shift. Yeah. Yeah. I can can imagine. Oh, I'm not going to dive too much into that because (laughs) it's not really relevant to this whole episode. I know. Yeah, wow. We could go into so many topic stuff. <laughs> um, yeah, so those are the two main tools that I would say, yes, Kajabi and Help Scout are very, very helpful. Yeah, and you also use ClickUp, don't you? Oh my gosh. So ClickUp. I love ClickUp. It, ClickUp is like my work husband. Let me tell you. <laughs> ClickUp and I have like a love affair going on. I'm obsessed with ClickUp. Click, we run our entire company off of ClickUp. I think you. Thank you, Seth, for reminding me. Oh, my gosh. So I'm not my own project manager anymore. So I don't actually run ClickUp anymore. We have my business manager that does oh. everything. Yeah, so I'm, like, out of it. But ClickUp is a project online project management system. We have everyone in our company has a color-coded calendar based on their day, week, and month and all their projects that they have to do. If you are a solopreneur, um, I recommend either Asana or ClickUp. If you are ever thinking about having a team, ClickUp is the way to go because of the features that they have. If you're a solopreneur and you like Asana or Trello, stick with it. If you're switching to a team, ClickUp. It's so much better. Yeah, like Asana with a team, I I really struggle. Oh, yeah, it's tough. ClickUp is just – I just – I don't know. I much prefer ClickUp to Asana. Mm -hmm. Me too. Me too. And they have cool, really cool features too. I geek yeah, out. Yeah, but don't don't just like move for the sake of moving and then spend like three days migrating yes. all your tasks across. <laughs> Probably Steph, not I'm the most so productive way. I'm so glad you said that. I'm so glad you said that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was a little bit worried. I'm not going to lie. Like when I signed up for ClickUp, I was like, oh, is this going to be just another shiny squirrel? Like, mm-hmm. am I going to use this tool for three days and then never use it again? But mm-hmm. no, it's good. I've stuck with it. Yeah, Awesome. Good. Haley. Thank you so much. Now, I have a couple of questions that I ask all of my podcast guests at the end of each episode. My first question is, what advice would you give to your pre-business self? Oh, my gosh. Um, Don't listen to other people. Like, when I say that, I don't mean marketing. I'm talking about, like, family and friends. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, don't let – I – Oh my gosh, I had to basically, it was like every day when I woke up, I had to get into a spacesuit, an emotional spacesuit, where (laughs) everyone's opinions of what I was doing and the fact that I quit my job or the fact that I was running a business and people didn't even take my business seriously, like no one did in my life. And I just had to wear my emotional spacesuit and say, F you, like I'm doing this for me, not for you. And I don't care what you think. That's a really hard place to get to. And it took me years. Yeah, for sure. And then, okay, so and what's been your biggest oops moment so far? Oh, I have so many. But I guess the, the biggest one was, you know, I said I went from zero to 36000 a month in six months. I hit 36000 and I was like, yeah, awesome. But then I started self-sabotaging. So I had this thought yeah. in my head that said, Haley, you're too stupid to grow your business past this point by yourself. <laughs> Yeah. And so I started making decisions off of that thought. And so I hired this person for $100 an hour for 10 hours a week. I know. I know. And it was like insane amount of money. 
and my business went downhill so fast. I did not know how to be a leader at that point, so I did not explain things clearly to her. Like, it was not just her fault. It was, everything was entirely my fault. And, but I'm telling you, we went from $36,000 a month profiting, like, at least, at least 50 to 70% to having the same amount a month, but losing $17,000. Yeah. (gasps) Yeah, it was so bad. And then right after that, we had our tech disaster. So it was like right on top of each other and we lost so much money. And um, it was it was a really hard time in business. It was a really hard time in business. And then I had, it was a hard lesson that I needed to learn was you have to trust yourself. You have to stop looking at mm-hmm. someone else as they have all the answers for you because you have the answers within you. And I'm still learning that. It's It's hard. Oh, that's, yeah, that's, I I feel like that's something that so many of us do as well, like Mm -hmm. the self-sabotage thing. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. Okay. And what has been your biggest growth moment? Biggest growth moment. Oh my goodness. I think having my first salary person go salary, that was a really big deal for me. I mean, it was crazy because she's pregnant and I literally get to support her new growing family. And it was like what I created is is su- supporting her financially. And she actually loves what she does every day. Like she wakes up and she's excited and she loves to fix all these little problems that happen. It's like she's so obsessed with her job and I got to provide that. And it it is like the absolute best feeling in the world because when I first started this last year, like I literally just started my membership site last May. So it is not, I have only been in this specific business for a year and three months. It's not been that long. And when I know, and when we had her go salary, I think that was the best feeling I have almost ever had. (sighs) Scary. I can imagine, but it was so scary, but it was like, I created this myself and so, you must be so proud. I was so proud. And I, I was like, I can't wait to do this for more people. Like, what can this become? It was so, it was so, and the fact that I got to lead her and I got to lead the company and, yeah. and I get to impact not only fi- them financially, but I get to impact their mindset and thoughts every day when they come to work. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And last question, Haley, who or what inspires you? Oh, who or what inspires me? That's such a great question. I would say right now, I'm doing a lot of self-development work. So yeah. Joe Dis- I don't I can't pronounce his last name. Joe Dispensa? I don't know if I'm pronouncing that name. Oh yes. Yeah, yeah Joe the, Dispensa. Um, breaking the habit of being yourself. Yeah, 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 yeah. That guy. Yes. I'm reading that book right now. It's very inspiring to me because it goes beyond yourself and your mind currently where it's at. And it makes me think of me having a bigger purpose in this world. And that has really inspired me to think I'm not, I mean, obviously I'm at the point where I don't even care about the money anymore. I have this mission with my business and my life to rescue every woman from survival mode thinking, to eliminate the shame, eliminate the anxiety, eliminate making having people make decisions out of this place of fear and place of scarcity and place of there's never enough. And how can I break through that barrier and rescue all these people from this type of thinking? So that's what Joe's got me thinking about lately. And it's been really exciting. 
Oh, I love that. It's mm-hmm. such a it's such a big mindset a mindset yes. shift to go from that like lack mindset to abundance. It's and yeah. it's so challenging. It is. It is. Yeah. Awesome. Haley, thank you so much. I'd love it if you could please tell my listeners where they can find out a bit more about you and about the Scalability Lounge. Yes. Okay. So I would love to meet everyone. Um, go to my Instagram. That's like the literally the best thing to do. If you go to my Instagram, it's at Haley Burkhead. DM me and said, I was just listening to you and Steph and then tell me how you're going to baby pivot your business if you are after listening to this episode. Or if, if you have any questions, I'm totally here to chat. I respond to every single DM on Instagram. Yeah, you're really good at that. I, I, I'm <laughs> yeah. very impressed. <laughs> thank you. So many people just don't. Yeah. Awesome. Haley, thank you so much. Thank you. I'm so glad that I got to meet all of you.